fire up. I'm proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Step, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale. As they G'day, Chris Gale. Now, listen, that intro, we, we want to put it a flat mark here. It does not condone violence, though it is funny. It just reflects society, Stephen. It doesn't advocate a particular moral position. And in that intro, Rex Morris says, and Manly have fallen to eighth position in courtesy of our guest today, Don Walker. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, it was your team, Brisbane, that's, that, that beat Manly and put them into the eighth position this week while you are sitting at number one with your team, Brisbane Broncos. Yes, yes, a good performance after a poor performance the week before. That's right, it was mm. too. You thought the wheels had come off? No, 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 I didn't. No, not with no. Payne Haas running out the front. No. So, um, what I would like to know, and thank you for joining us, is that I had no idea. I, I you know, cold chisel etched into not just Australia, but part of the world's sort of musical history. Uh, you are the, you know, the songwriter of songwriters. You know, you're lauded for all those awards and great, great tunes that never stopped playing since Rod Muir had Triple M back in the day. I think they haven't stopped pl- cold chisel on the playlist. But then when my cousin said, "Oh no, no, rugby league fan as well," I thought, "What? You know, where does this come into play?" And I did see you. At the 2015 Grand Final, performing, it's Cold Chisel. Probably the greatest, we'll debate that, the greatest sort of entertainment piece that they've ever had, bar Tom Jones, maybe Tina Turner. But why the Brisbane Broncos? Uh, I was a, well, lifelong rugby league supporter because, you know, I spent all my formative years in Queensland and New South Wales um, and going to state schools. Um, I didn't know that there was another rugby clo- code until I went to university. We, we don't know any other <laughs> rugby code. And, um, and so when, when Cold Chisel finally got to Sydney, everybody that we hung around with were Parramatta fans. Right. It was the Parramatta heyday. Yeah. It was the time of um, – uh, it was back in my youth when Parramatta last won a premiership. Uh, and um, – that really uh, so distresses Parramatta fans when they do the maths, I, I think. I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> uh, but there's, um, so in that time I was a uh, Parramatta fan, but then oh. there was a, um, a Queensland team came into the comp. Yes. And that was... Uh, was that 88? 
The Broncos arrived in 88, yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. So at that stage I thought, well, now there's a Queensland team. Right. I, I can support a Queensland team. But you're originally a North Queenslander. I'm a North Queenslander. Yeah. When, the, when the Cowboys came in, yes. I thought, well, now do I switch again? Yes, well, you no, thought then. I no. mean, switch, switching once is an atrocity yeah. in life. Yeah. Switching twice is unforgivable. Well, we had, we had Rick Grossman on recently. Of course, the intriguing thing about him is he's a South Sydney you know, die-hard supporter, but supports Queensland. Well, Rick's, uh, Rick's um, has all these ins with the Brisbane Broncos. He, does, he yes. knew all the hierarchy because yeah. Rick is is nothing if not a great networker. Yes, and, and um, he's always offering. You know, mate, I'll take. I can take you in there. I can in, yeah. introduce you to them all. And in fact, the the um, the Brisbane Broncos jerseys that I have, which are from the nineties, all signed, uh, came via Rick. Via Rick. So he, of course, used to get an invitation to sit, sit on the field during State of Origin. He's never offered you that spot. No. Would you take it? <laughs> would I take it? Mm. Uh, yes, probably, yeah. yes. I, I sat for one state of origin with Dave Faulkner, and, of course, he, nobody left him alone the whole game. <laughs> he was constantly being, tapping on the shoulder and this, that and the other, you know, or sign yeah. this photo, that, you know. Where, where were you for that inaugural game? Because it was Broncos and Manly, which, of course, you know, slumping away on the ladder on the weekend. It was up there at Lang Park. Where were you for that original game? I, I would have been watching it on TV. And, mm. and were you more cemented to the Broncos by their victory or the fact that Manly's Don McKinnon urinated on the field during the game? Because <laughs> uh, that seems very rugby league to us. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember that. I, I can't remember Manly uh, players urinating on the field. I, th- I think I can, I can distinctly remember Balmain players <laughs> urinating on the field. Got that, Chris. Not recently. Um, so, no, I, I would have watched it on. T- I, I watched the games on TV. I've never been to Lang Park, right? And yeah. uh, because I think I think rugby league is a made-for-TV game. Yeah. Because the camera can get right in there in the ruck, pull out again, and yeah. you can see. Um, and 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 I love the game on TV. Unlike AFL, which which makes makes perfect sense live. Yes. Mm. The once or twice that I've seen that I've um, stooped to see it. Um, <laughs> the but on on TV, it doesn't make any sense at all. Because we had Benny Elias here uh, last last week. Yes, last week, and he was telling us that the the great moment where he said, "Let's have, let's have a stink," and he called the sting. And of course, nowadays the camera catches everything. You can't just throw a punch in the scrum, knock somebody out. You know, it's not going to happen anymore, is it? Oh, in a scrum, you could probably still do <laughs> Get it. Get away I'm with sure it. I'm sure it still happens in there. <laughs> mm. So you're a, a young boy. Then you moved to New South Wales to Grafton. Yes. Yes, and that's the school you went to where, of course, very very much rugby league territory. Yes. And um, I guess, did you have any particular alliance with any team until the Broncos came into play? No. and No, not until... It was... Everything... Everything in Grafton and in the Clarence Valley was um, was aimed at St George. Was it St George? Well, this was the sixties. Yes, it was uh, St George's heyday. The golden run. Um, Sorry, it, how many premierships in no. a row did they win again? Honestly, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you haven't heard that. Before, I can <laughs> answer this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> and they wonder why we're so disenchanted. They, they do say yeah. about the eleven premierships, Don, never before, never again, and I say thank God. <laughs> Yes. Right. So you didn't like the dragons at that point, or the Saints, as we used to call them. Then. No. Well, they, they, they were the only uh, Sydney football team that that anybody in the Clarence Valley followed. Right. Right. I don't know whether whether there was an official connection or if it was mm. just because they were the greatest team of that era. Yes. And they got my um, my my first brush with of any kind with fame was that my. Um, 
my aunt and uncle lived next door to, to Norm Proben. Wow. Down at Yowie Bay. Right. So when we would visit, that we could point it out and say, yeah, that's that's Norm Proven's house. I never saw him right. in the flesh. But just the but, house. But we knew he was in Have you written a song about that? No. You know, like the day that John Settler broke his jaw? I don't write... I don't write songs about everything. No, I know you don't, but you could. could. <laughs> Norm was just a training all the time. That's why you never saw him, I imagine. Yeah. Probably, yeah. You know the Perry Keys song that Tim Freeman covered, the day Norm, uh, John Sattler broke his jaw? I've seen that on TV. I didn't know it was a Perry Keys Perry song. Perry Keys, really, yeah. and I think yeah. Tim's doing him a favour by getting a bit more airplay and a bit more... Oh, that's good. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what I want to know is, as we're intersecting with uh, music at the moment... You, you were obviously um, you know piano player, and I've read a few interviews where Fat Swallow comes up. Your Feet's Too Big is one of my favourite songs of all time. Right, yeah. Does it get any funnier, you know? Yeah. Um, and then somewhere along the line, this band that sort of seemed to form in Adelaide, is that right, the Cultures of Connection? Cultures were formed in Adelaide, yeah. yeah. And, and how did you intercept with them at that point? I, I had gone down to Adelaide to take up a job. Okay. And um, so I was doing that job during the day, and I was playing in bands at night. Right. And... Um, and uh, then, you know, at a certain point, we got together. Yeah. Saying that, it could have been ACDC. Uh, it could have well, been. Well, with, with, with Bon Scott coming through Adelaide, the Valentines, the Mount oh, well, Rangers. There, could there, have was been that whole, there was that whole connection because um, at a certain... Well, Bon, bon was singing with... Um, Fraternity, fraternity, and, right. and Mount Lofty Rangers, mm-hmm. and and the, and um, and so we knew, we knew the fraternity people after Bond left, right, and uh, and through all them we got to know the ACDC guys. Okay, very, it, uh, very early on. Was there ever a chance you were going to end up in Scandal or Supernaut? No chance. No. <laughs> Just checking. No, but we we supported both of them. Did you? Yeah. You like yeah. it both ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, therefore, then the whole band decided to move to Sydney. That was where the action was. Yes. yes. Well, we we uh, we made a slow. We stopped off in a few places on the way. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, and we spent a few years doing that kind of aimless. Wandering and playing. Yeah, galloping okay. around the landscape. Okay, doing covers. We just we did uh, covers and gradually introduced, um, you know, first bad originals and yes. then gradually some good ones. Yes, yes. And were you the the, the first person to attempt that within the band? Uh, yes, I, I was. I was the probably the person most interested in writing and most interested in yeah. us doing that. But you know, the other guys got in on it early. Yeah, mm. early seventies. We got to, cultures got together October 1973, 50 years this October. Wow. Hmm. Something planned? Hmm? Something planned this year? 50th anniversary show? Oh, I'll probably have a dinner. (laughs) 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 Okay. So... All right, so that by that time, and, and from what I understand, most of the band weren't, weren't following sport. But you would, did, like, I know that, that you can lose interest in sometimes if you if you're doing other things which are more, you know, attractive. For example, band, girls, drinking, whatever. Did you follow rugby league the whole time you were travelling? Well, rugby league fits into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, so, no. In the years that I was living in Adelaide, there's no exposure to rugby league down yeah, there. No, and the other guys didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Um, so when the band moved over here, of course, um, you know the uh, a, a lot of the people that we had working with us, the people from the western suburbs, and right, and um, so that was the connection that we, we found 
found that a lot of people that we were working with were Parramatta supporters. Right. Yes, I, I, at an event the other night that you were at, that I was at, I, I was watching Michael Chug and Mark Pope both watching the screen. I said, who do you go for? I said, oh, Parramatta. So that's, that's the mob you're talking about, I suppose, the age group as well. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah Mark Pope in, in particular was from out there. But, you know, m- most, um, not, not just Mark, but a lot of people. And it was an easy... It was an easy period to be supporting Parramatta. I mean, that was the great yeah. Parramatta. Some some of the Parramatta players of that era, early 80s, were, you know, some of the greatest of all time in their positions. Do you remember how conscious it was, though, going, right, now Brisbane are in 1988, centennial celebrations, I've got a team, and they were a great team. I mean, they really, really did pick up pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and when the team... Uh, came on. You know, my, my father was a rugby league supporter, and, uh-huh. and he knew more about it than me. And he, of course, a lot of these Brisbane players, nobody knew about, no. but they were they were the, uh, as great players. And yes. and he, I remember him telling me, you know, there's a guy coming in here called Wally Lewis. Watch him. He's he's like incredible. This guy. He right, comes yeah. from rugby union, and uh, I'd never heard of him, but my father somehow knew about yeah, him. Yeah. Was it the genius of Wayne Bennett, though, that got rid of Wally before you won your first premiership? Was that how good a coach the 900-game veteran is? I think that's a, that, that, that's a real punctuation point, isn't it? Yeah. When, when you fire Wally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my club. If you look at the history of the Broncos, it really sort of pivots around 2006, which was the last win. For, for you, how do you look at the, the area of great success and then now the period with a lot of hope this year? I mean, Gus Gould was on television this week saying Payne Haas is the greatest front rower in history. Yeah. Uh, how do you look at the, the pivot around 2006 and what's happened subsequently? It's been... Um, until, until the COVID years, Brisbane was never a bad team. Mm-hmm. No. They, they, were always, they were always in the running yeah. and up there and competitive. Um, <clears throat> they're eclipsed a bit by the great teams of the last 15 years, but they're always uh, there. Yeah. It, um, it's been, since 2020, it's been a terrible few years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brisbane has less of those terrible few years than other teams. Every team has that. Trust me, I'm a Tigers fan. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And... and um, uh, you know, Brisbane are flying high at the moment. I always think that that they're 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 only flying. High. Everything depends really on Adam Randall's lower back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was South Sydney thinking? <laughs> and um, but uh, it's only six months since uh, you know their last their last match of uh, 2022, which was the last match in the regular season, was, you know, an abject surrender. It's funny what you say about Adam Reynolds because there was a moment in last uh, week's match where he went down and Michael Ennis gone, the hamstring's gone, and he basically said Brisbane's season is done. So, so it, it is on, on those um, ageing hamstrings, but I think that... <laughs> Uh, Kevy's really seems to have been to able to weather the storm and he's been able to get rid of some of the, the voices of non-reason like Ben Eichen, he's pushed him out. Um, and uh, this could be a fantastic year for the Broncos, I think. I think so. And, and, and the players now have one more year of, of maturity. You can see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ezra Mam, as a, he, last year he was a kid. Now he's one of the best yeah. In that position in the comp, and and you can see the, you can see the confidence. 
right right through the whole back line and him. So now, if, if I think Adam Reynolds had to drop out for six weeks, they wouldn't do too badly. But you know, I'm just I'm just a guy watching on TV. What yeah. do I know? If, if you could liken that back line to a car, what sort of car would it be? <laughs> ah, would uh, it be a Porsche, a Maserati? Would it? <laughs> I, I I think it would be a. Um, Tesla, a, a Ford, no, uh, not a Tesla. <laughs> it, it, it'd be a, a when, shaker. When they get moving, I mean, seriously, I, uh, Walsh is somebody I love to watch. When he first came on, doing his sh- sort of, I don't know, not not show off material, but you know that arrogance that, that people say has got to wash it out of the game. I just love him for that. He's like the Barishnikov of, of footy players. He's he's electric at the moment. Yeah. But but what else? I know I know you mentioned Payne Huss. Yeah. Before I I actually only noticed last weekend, and I was, you know, I, I watch the games on TV, and I'm texting with yeah. a bunch of mates, with yeah. a bunch of Parramatta supporter mates, and <laughs> and um, and at a certain point, I text. There, there was a point where Payne Huss got the ball. We we all know that he's huge and yeah. that he can make the meters. He's he's got an electric acceleration. Yeah. 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 He, he's got the acceleration of a back. And those two big trees move apart, what do you tackle, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then there's that yes. arm reaching around looking for the next person to take it. It's quite exciting. That, that is why the other code, which we don't know anything about, yeah. would play him as a centre like they tried to do with Sam Berger so unsuccessfully in the England version of that particular code. Because, because what, of, they're ignorant? Well, he'd be wasted in the scrums. He right. wouldn't have the scrummaging technique, but he's yeah. got that yeah. incredible turn of... Pace. Reese Walsh, by the way, had a great game. He threw up on the sideline before he started. Yeah. Dropped the ball twice, but by the end of it, he was putting people in the walls of Jericho wrestling move and things like that. So <laughs> he's a very, very talented and, boy. And what about those eyes? I say to any female watching, have a, just look at his eyes. I swear to God, he's got mascara on and he's got some sort of permanent eyeline around his eyes. Look, Glamorous. His eyes are good, yeah. <laughs> but the best eyes in rugby league remain Todd Payton. Do they? Um, <laughs> Ming the Merciless, as we like to call him nowadays. Look up there in North Queensland. But he has yeah. absolutely dreamy eyes. Now, Stephen, You've got to live up to that name. I think we're going to come back and talk to Don about his new album, Lightning in a Clear Blue Sky. So we might hear a track from it and come back and talk about that. Done. Fire up. See you soon.
cities of the West, oh yeah. That was Tommy Hanlon's Motorhome from Don Walker's new album, Lightning in a Clear Blue Sky. And Don, who played on that? That was Roy Payne on guitar, mm-hmm. Garrett Costigan on pedal steel, uh, Hamish Stewart on drums, Hamish Stewart. who you would know, mm-hmm. and um, Michael Vidal on bass. Right. Uh, primary recorded live as a unit? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much one That's what you wanted yeah. to do? You, yeah. You get the best out of the band that way? Yeah, so long as you're well re- Everybody knows, knows what they're going to be yeah, doing. Okay. Yeah. Do you, because, um, I mean, obviously I've heard you talk about the separation of music and lyrics and how so hard, it's hard to do, but when you hear your lyrics, they're evocative. Do you get asked to provide songs for films very often? Never. Never. But I'm open to it. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe <laughs> it. Well, we've got a lot of screen <laughs> producers <laughs> listening. Yes. What's uh, that? I was going to say, um, there's another song that you clearly wrote for Austin George Illawarra fans that concludes the album called Damaged People. But um, tell me a little bit about the Tommy Hanlon song. Why Tommy? What were you evoking there? Because uh, it's a particular fascination of mine. Okay. Uh, Tommy Hanlon was a huge television star in Australia in the 60s. And, um, and I remember, I'm old enough to remember that. Mm-hmm. Did he when he smiled? Wasn't there a sparkle on his teeth? He could do. He could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just what I remember. Yes, Um, I've met other people who can do that, but I'm not one of them. Um, And uh, and at the height of his game, he bought a circus. Yes, Ashton's wasn't it? I don't know the name of the one that he bought, but uh, and then he went out there into the hinterland as a circus ringmaster. And I, I always imagined him in a, in a uh, at which point he got really interesting to me. I thought that was like a, a fascinating thing to do. A career change, major proportion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an, an unpredictable one. Yeah. But I, I always imagined him in, in this, um, in, that he would be in a silver motorhome, like a spaceship out there in the, in the great outback. Yeah. And... Um, and I, I learned only very recently that uh, he did, in fact, have one of those. He had Is one that of those right? Futuristic American fifties aluminium motorhomes. Because my memories of, of Tommy, uh, if, when I was sick at school, I'd get to stay home and watch Pot of Gold, and it was the talent. Uh, that was daytime. your reward or your that punishment? Was, that was my reward. And they used to have in Women's Day uh, an image of the pot with the various scores of the axe, yeah. and if they lined up, you could win money. Oh. And Tommy would host it. 
Bernard King was the acerbic judge who just destroyed people's career with just a flick of his tongue. He's my hero. And the voiceover man was Dal Miles. Um, very, very smooth Channel 10 personality. And he'd always talk about the winner of Pot of Gold will get a trip for two on the Russa Siang, you know, departing oh. from Sydney Harbour and you know, cruising the Pacific. And Tommy spoke at a million miles an hour probably getting ready to get into that motorhome and, and, and get around the great Australian country. And he was a gold Logie winner. Ah. Uh, yeah, 1962. Wow. I've heard. Yes. Hmm. No, he was he was several degrees slicker, better looking yeah. and, and smoother and more professional than, than anything because he was American. Yeah. You know? And the housewives loved him. Oh, the mums. Yeah, mums. Yes. <laughs> but, but that's what we did. We imported like uh, Bob Dyer and... Bob Dyer's uh, pick a box, right? And Don Lane, of course. Yeah. 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 And um, we had a proud tradition of doing that and importing our You don't call that the cultural cringe, do you, Chris? No, not at all. No, it, was, no. it, was, it was just a free exchange of ideas, Stephen. Now, Don, we could go either which way, music or, or footy? Oh, let's go footy. Yes. Let's go footy. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is a bit of sweet memory. Uh, I, I actually... Um, that was my first game that I actually played that year as the DJ in-house, which means all the music you hear except the pre-record, except the band, etc., not the anthem. Uh, and, of course, Brisbane 2015 v North Queensland, often considered the greatest rugby league grand final ever, but not for you. You played there, you were so loud that normally, and every year I've listened to all the bands and nobody can touch you. I mean, I didn't, you know, I wasn't there for Tom Jones or I was there for Tina Turner, but absolute machine of a sound you know and the only people I can equate that to is Iggy Pop Live the most recent time I saw him and Midnight Oil in full flight and it was just like everybody was sold you know you sounded great but then of course Brisbane supporter Ben Hunt drops the ball St George my Ben Hunt were you watching the game at the the stadium yes we had a we had a beautiful box you know box hanging Mm. right over the stadium so watched the whole thing it was one of those games that was um uh, that was lost for us in you know right at the right at the death. Yes, there are, there are famous games like that in history, like the like the um, uh, the, the Balmain Canberra match, like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, do you still damn Jonathan Thurston's name? No, no. Jo- Jonathan is the king of the north. King of the he's north. A, That's right. One of I your, mean, follow, following that, we we did. A bit of touring. We yeah. did a 2015 tour, and, and we played a huge outdoor show in Townsville. Oh. And and he got up and sang with us. Did he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the song? No. No. <laughs> but, but Only. It, it, the grand final entertainment is an incredible obsession with people, and we've certainly done a little bit of research uh, leading into today's interview. But I think it's commonly accepted that you saved grand final entertainment in 2015. The game itself, I was there. It's one of the most extraordinary experiences I had. You really were literally one tackle away from winning. Had that happened, Anthony Milford would have been Clive Churchill medalist and he wouldn't be sitting on the bench and your new young cousin, Redcliffe, his career would have gone very, very differently. When Thurston hit the upright, going back to listen to the way Warren commentary said it's a horror show, but it, it ended up being the horror show for Brisbane. And you know what, he wrote? every time I see that Brett Whiteley painting of the the monkey or the primate or the gorilla screaming and howling, which is apparently a heroin addiction nod, it reminds me of Jonathan Thurston's moment when he missed that goal. And you see him going, ah, screaming. It was like, wow, this is theatre. And then it carried on, didn't it, you know? Yeah. But, but did you feel that pressure? Because the previous year, the pre-show entertainment was Train, who surprisingly played Drops of Jupiter, <laughs> and Slash from Guns N' Roses, who played on his guitar to an instrumental tape. 
because I don't know the NRL couldn't spring for the rest of the roses or something like that. So grand final entertainment was on its knees. Did you feel pressure going in in 2015 to save it? No, not at all. It it, it was just um, it's just a matter of our our guys, uh, our managers who are. I would, there's, there's one Parramatta supporter, one Cowboys supporter, <laughs> going in there and saying, uh, this is the way it has to be. Right. If, it, if it's going to be at all, it has to be set up this way, it has to have this production, it has to have this guy, um, uh, Kev, if I'm Kevin wrong. Shirley, in, in doing the live mix to television because rock and roll sounds awful on television yep. unless you have the very best people doing right. it. And correct me if I'm wrong, most of the time the NRL doesn't like count and doesn't allow you to perform live, but you performed live. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yes. I think that was one of the first times, if not the first time it happened properly, completely. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's mm. And it was, it was such a unifying event because everyone... The, the entertainment's always criticised no matter what its quality because, oh, it's not local, oh, it's not international or whatever. But it was the one time, probably since Tina with the Simply the Best in 93, where the entire rugby league community came together and was thrilled about the entertainment. Is there anything in the works of a Flame Tree, Simply the Best best mashup maybe with Tina jetting in in 2023, Don? Is that possible? None at all. Okay. No. Would you agree to something like that? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll get back to Tina's management. Um, have you enjoyed the entertainment at any of the well, sporting events, including the AFL, etc.? I mean, I thought that uh, Tom Jones was great at the AFL, as was um, Lionel Richie. I think songs that people know is the is the the golden sort of goal here. Ian Moss did a great uh, entertainment, yeah, uh, and I can't remember whether that was for an Origin game or a Grand Final. I know it was in Brisbane, okay, and and put a lot of it'd be an Origin then. work into it. Unless it was the grand final of 2020? Is that the one that they... 2021. 21. Would have been the COVID shift, I think. Okay. Yeah, to Suncor, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, the, as I said, there's been some beauties. I mean, we all remember Billy Idol, of course, and we remember the uh, the Optus uh, <laughs> television camera coming in or blow-up coming down, you know. And what was the great one, well, the, the Neighbours? The, the top four of... Grand final disasters, definitely Billy Idol in 2002, just waiting for some power. The Optus Vision television that exploded before it was meant to and all the balloons just drifted down on the ground. <laughs> My own 88 grand final, I believe, was uh, the cast of 42nd Street <laughs> who came out and all their regalia and big coins and things like that. So rugby league. And someone couldn't find the cassette. <laughs> So they had to march back off. But it's hard to beat the cast of Neighbours in 1986 singing the Australian National Anthem. I think people just really, really um, uh, don't remember that with much fondness. If we're talking live, this album you're taking out on the road, Don? Yes, definitely. Where are you off to? Uh, doing Brisbane um, on the – or doing southeast Queensland, um, starting Umandi on the 19th of May, Brisbane 20th of May, Saturday. Have you been invited to Redcliffe? Have a <laughs> <laughs> they opened the doors for you yet? I, I, I love the Dolphins. You do? I, I think every, every rugby league supporter of the Dolphins are their, their second favourite Second favourite team, yeah. yeah. And except for me, there's something that one of the team that I really, really hate because I just don't like the way they play football is Craig Bellamy's team, Melbourne. Right. And often their, their, their offshoots when they travel carry some of the same. Methods or styles, I suppose. You know, I love the style and the tackle, the ball, the ball play region. And I think that sometimes the Dolphins get a bit into that that sort of process, which I don't like watching. But I love their their grit. 
Well, to me, Melbourne, Melbourne are essentially a, a, have always been a, a Queensland team. Of course. Yes. Mm. And, um, and so they can do no wrong. Right? <laughs> They're just an option. I love this embracing well, I like to of say all. 1999, you know. <laughs> you could probably find an argument that Newcastle's a Queensland team on, on this logic. But I agree with the Dolphins. I think everyone's loving it. That kid, Val Tafare, who made his debut um, oh, sort of from the, from the other code and has now already been nicknamed yes. Val Meninga, was just a fantastic Val Meninga. Fantastic love child, is it? Story. And <laughs> apart from Southeast Queensland, just all, all over the East Coast. and Yeah, we're coming down in, in uh, June, we're coming down to, um, to do Sydney. Oh. At the factory State theater. of origin timing, maybe. Oh, yeah, I hope I'm not clashing with that. <laughs> and, um, it's like people call a wedding on grand final day, you know. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then down down to Melbourne the following weekend. Great. Again. Mm. Same band? Yes, absolutely. Great. Okay. Yeah, except for uh, our wonderful guitar player, yeah. Roy Payne, who who passed away last oh, July. Really? Yeah, that was sad news. So we've, um, we've now... Our new guitar player is Shannon Bourne, a Melbourne guy. That clash, uh, there was an article written by Helen Pitt in the Sydney Herald, or it was Roy Nassujay, the Sneesby Press last year, about the Sydney Film Festival always opens with and clashes with State of Origin in Sydney. And, this was, and then they complain. This was a disgrace. <laughs> so I emailed Helen and said, let's come and debate it. And she goes, well, I will, but I, I don't have a rugby league story. By the end, it turns out that the public servant who most involved in commissioning the Opera House, massive Canterbury figure, mm-hmm. did a lot for Canterbury Bankstown Rugby League. So Rugby League just encompasses everything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> so you like the Dolphins. What about Wayne? 900 games last week. Um, you still hold Wayne Bennett in high esteem for his total career? Yes. Um, yeah, I, you would be forgiven for thinking until this year that maybe because he he hadn't had a premiership since St George, St George, twenty ten, and uh, and there'd been uh, there hadn't been many, and and then he lost the two thousand and fifteen yeah. one. Uh, he was in charge for that one, so they hadn't. There hadn't been a win for a, a long while, and and uh, I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, is, is anything is good ever going to? Is he over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think this this year it's emphatically no. This whatever the whatever the magic yes. Kool Aid is, want this guy's got it. <laughs> I look back on the 2010 year and think, you know, we we we're a good team, but it was Wayne Bennett that made us a great team. Absolutely, and you could see that straight after the preseason, St George came out. For the for the first match, and they're a completely different team, especially yeah. defensively. Yeah, really defensively. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Um, okay, so Wayne Bennett. Many people would say that you, you've met Wayne. I've, I've shaken his hand. You shaken his hand. Yeah, they call him you know, dry, laconic. They often refer you the same way. I haven't had a conversation with Wayne. Ian, we we met him that when we were doing preparation for that um, 2015 Grand Final. Um, we did a, a joint thing with the teams, and um, but Ian had a chat with him, mm-hmm. and um, and he said it was you know it's pretty minimal sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we'd like to get you two together one day, all right? Mm. <laughs> See how we go. Uh, have we got a song? We do. Yes. Um, Don, one of the features of our show is that we take material from other people, yep. and uh, our good friend Dennis Carnahan does a rugby league satire song every week on the radio uh, uh, ABC coverage seven hundred two, and uh, he's penned a little ditty about the very very current issue of hip drops in rugby league. 
I'm so confused. I don't know. I re- honestly, Andrew, I watched them and I think it's clear for me that I do not know what a hip drop is. Hip drops are toying with my head. <laughs> and I'm not alone, it's what so many people have said. No one seems to get what makes a tackle into a hip drop. It's confusing. Graham Anna's Explain it to me. I don't even know how to explain it myself. Hip drops are toying with my head. I don't understand why there's one player sent to the sheds, but one stays on the field when both of them did the same hip drop. It's confusing, but Felix says, Oh no, they haven't had a crack down, but they won't back down. So Jackson Ford was sinbin in Magic Round. I feel for the referees, actually. I think the game's doing a great job trying to do what they can. People think coaches in the NRL practice hip drops. It's actually your worst nightmare. Hip drops are toying with my head. Demetrio and Webster are seeing red. Why is it happening on the field when players aren't practicing hip drops during training? They can't agree whether it should be a penalty. Hip drops are toying with my head. I think that's brilliant. And, and as a songwriter, I can... I can almost be 98% sure that the, the line hip hip drops are toying with my head was not the original draft. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to work on it, right? Mm. So the great bird back rack there. And, of course, a bit of a nod to John Farnham, documentaries out at the moment. Who do you rate as great songwriters in this country? Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> Pander and Young, yes. number one. Yes, yes. The, the, <laughs> the, the and you'd put Lovers in the Air in that same... Category of the, the great songs, I do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Genius. Yeah, they they wrote two, at least two immortal songs, and and that's one of them. And the other ones, uh, Friday on my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. But also go back. The, there was another show last week uh, where I got them to play uh, Midnight Man. Oh yeah, yeah, which is a, which is a um, a, a Vandy Young song that um, that you know is is a. It's a writing masterclass. Right. Oh, I was a Flash in the Pan guy as well. Flash, Flash in, the in the Pan. They That's were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. What about this? Uh, you know, we've got it somewhere here. You know, the APRA top 10 songs of all time. You've, it seems like they're spreading the artists around so that you don't get two in the top 10. So you're in there with K-San, I think number eight. And, of course, The Reels, Quasimodo, Quasimodo's Dream gets mentioned often. Do you rate that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. That... That uh, that particular song and that whole album yeah. that the reels put out, yes. Was that on Beautiful? I'm trying to think. No, no, the album was, was Quasimodo's Dream, wasn't it? it was the that was the album. album. And yes, it, yes. It, just recently, uh, Dubbo has uh, done a full reels exhibition and celebration, which right, I think right. is a long time coming yeah. for Dave. I think it was fantastic. And uh, talking about competition, and uh, I guess your peers, your running mates, uh, how did you feel about Nick Cave going to the coronation? Do you wish you were there? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I suppose if I was invited, I'd go too. 
Yes, yes, it's easy. It's easy for us to say we wouldn't go because we didn't get an invite. <laughs> exactly. He was an early arrival too. Did you see the vision? He sort of got there early and he sort of sat down and go, well, who do I talk to and all that sort of thing? Who, who am I going to be next yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not known for any violence, is he, Chris? Not that I'm aware of, no. He's not a rugby league fan either, is he? Uh, not that I'm aware so of. So we don't need to talk about him? We won't talk about <laughs> Okay, all right. Um, now, what I want to know now is that Magic Round just happened and it's like, great, you guys won, Magic for you. We lost to the West Tigers, which puts us equal bottom of the ladder except for the points difference and heading southward with uh, two Queenslanders at the hill, Ben Hunt and uh, Anthony Griffin Hook. Uh, you got any advice for our team as to what we should be doing? Uh, My I, team, not our team. <laughs> I, I tipped St George Did you? in that match. Yeah. I've been uh, you know, safely harvesting the points by tipping against uh, Balmain for a long time now, but mm. but now it's getting the, the decision-making is getting more difficult. Yes. Can I yeah. tell you a vision here, Don? The, the, uh, the West Tigers have been struggling for their identity and what they've decided to do is actually split the club rather than try and bring Balmain and West together. They've actually gone back old school and they've got two factions now. Uh, one is, of course, the public well-known one, Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farah, supposedly running the football the operations. Gold, the Golden Dream Team. But off the field, we've got uh, our chair, Lee Hedger-Patellis, and um, CEO, Justin Pascoe, and they've teamed up with the great Ray Hadley. <laughs> and, and as a result of that, they brought Scott Fulton in as the recruitment manager without consulting the football operations side. Now, most people would think this is a bad idea, but since they did that, and, I mean, you really are joining the forces of darkness when you bring Ray Hadley on board. And Fulton is a name not really synonymous with uniting rugby league, but um, it seems to be working or for us. Or Balmain. Exactly. Right. Yes. So whilst we are split apart internally, get on board, we'll beat South this, this Is this weekend. with one, one, one win, really? I mean, obviously, St. George. That was Two. A, I know you've got two. We beat the Penny Panthers. Sure, sure, sure. Defending Premier, Stephen. In, in Mudgee, wasn't it? Uh, it was Bathurst. Bathurst in the rain. On a very, yeah, very bleak, yeah, yeah. cold downpouring well, I think night. we'll give it one more week and let's see how it play, plays out. Yeah, well, it is the Rabbits. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have to say, the Rabbits is, I don't know where you sit, Don, they're kind of my pick at the moment. They look like they're on top of the pile. They're, 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 form, they're, they're the form team yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Latrell and Cody are just absolutely compelling at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I, love, I love watching Latrell for, you know, Right back, you know, when he first joined the Roosters, I just love watching that guy. I, I saw him over in Auckland. I, I have a community service order, so I have to do things with Roosters fans. And uh, I went with a group of them over to New Zealand, and he was playing in the much-lamented Toyota Cup under-20s. And it's one of those things where you you see something really, really special. And the great thing, I think, about Latrell is that wasn't a flash in the pan. It actually, it's preceded to a great career and he's a very, very exciting player. Yeah, 2015 the, it was. The, the thing is, I, th- I think he's playing better this year yep. than, than ever. He's just, he's, he's still on the, He's still on the up escalator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. Uh, the Red Mist, though, did descend on a few people over the weekend of the Magic Round, particularly losing teams. But uh, the sponsor of the New Zealand Warriors, Chris, a man called Paris, correct? Jason Paris is his name. Lost the plot briefly, sent out a, was it a tweet, a text, uh, a Facebook post? What was it? It's Twitter, Stephen. Twitter, And yeah. he wouldn't be the first... Nothing po- good comes up from you on Twitter, first, right? <laughs> you a Twitter guy, Don? Are you all over Twitter? No, right? no, no. Don't go near it. <laughs> uh, it it's, it's not the first person who's got into a bit of trouble no, on Twitter, no. but he's, he's gone to the market. He's Jason Paris. He's the CEO of the Warriors sponsor One New Zealand. Okay. Which I thought was a right-wing political party headed by Winston Peters. Yes, but, yes. Um, that might be New Zealand first or something like that. And he's, there was a 
a couple of things that happened. Moses Leota's gone high on Tohu Harris and two um, uh, warriors have been put in the bin um, for what seemed to be innocuous offences. And, and so this man united all of New Zealand. By calling the referees cheats. Cheats, yeah. Because and, you can imagine how New Zealand feel about Australians. You're a little bit, you know, like second-class citizens, you know, little brother, little sister, whatever you want to call it. And Jacinda Ardern's had a hand in this too. Well, this is an interesting thing because someone tweeting that the referees are cheats, that's not really a news story, right? That's, 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 that's basically what I get on my WhatsApp during every game. Yeah. You know, but but it was in a public domain and it was a sponsor. And the referees association has taken umbrage. Yeah, yeah. In two forms. First of all, Graham Annesley, on behalf of the NRL, has said yeah, yeah. this has got him quite hot under the collar. Well, particularly on the week where there was a suburban footy game where a, a ref got bashed senseless. I, I hasten to point out soccer. You know, you know, we referee were, still so, umpire. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and we need to respect our officials. Annesley being quite hot under the collar means he's absolutely furious and enraged. And Matt Chechen, former referee, who's head of the PRLMO. Wow. Which is not a terrorist organisation. <laughs> no, no. It's the Professional uh, Rugby League Match Officials Association. Gee, that's a bit long-winded, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that. And he said it's defamatory. So, it's, yeah. of course, in our uh, terminology, is blown up the lux. Yeah. So, sponsors aren't bound by the same rules as the rugby league industry itself? No. Okay. No. So, the... The conspiracy theory, which I think we can report as fact, though we're not reporters, we're not journalists, we're just observers, is that um, New Zealand feels that it's had very poor treatment after COVID. They basically uprooted their lives to go live in um, a luxury resort on the central coast of New South Wales, away from their wives and kids. I mean, it was hell. They don't even know their kids' names anymore. (laughs) And they haven't been given anything like an Anzac Day game as compensation for this huge sacrifice. So... There's no way that the New Zealand Rugby League can go and say, oh, sorry, the Warriors can say this themselves. So basically, you, you get a bit of a fun together, give it to the sponsor and say, you go be there. And my belief is that Jacinda Ardern, mm-hmm. the last bill she enacted in Parliament before she stepped down as yes. Prime Minister, was a slush fund to fund... For one New Zealand. For one New Zealand to one, complain one, about the referees. One dollar per head. And you watch, the Warriors will get the rub of the green this weekend. It's a sacrifice <laughs> worth making, Stephen. Right, okay. Now, uh, also, your is he CEO, Ben Iken, chairman of Brisbane Broncos? No. No, he is the head of football operations. They brought Ben in to be the, yeah, he was sort of, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you ever watched that wonderful show, NRL 360, Don, on, on cable television. No. But mm. Ben used to be the co-host with the venerable Paul Kent. Yes. And... In the height of that difficult period that you were describing, he described the Broncos players list as disgusting. And so he took his spreadsheets and went up to Brisbane a couple of years ago to fix it up. Yeah. And has. He was last when they arrived. He's first when they leave, but yeah. he and Kevy apparently. So he's gone to run the Queensland Rugby League. He's now the new Queensland Supremo. Uh, are you telling me Paul Kent's starting a circus? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this thought in my head that you know, he's, he's funny. Um, so Ben Iken leaving to run the QRL, difference with Kevy. Now, Kevy's uh, – you rate Kevy as a coach? I do now. Do now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he produced your record, I hear. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can see those ears, though, <laughs> twitching. He, he's got a sense of humour, Kevin Walters. He's talking about Adam Reynolds. Uh, unfortunately, the lead-up to the Manly game, I might have mentioned this last week, and he goes, no, Adam's doing great, and he's tackling well for the first time in his career. Fantastic. <laughs> so he's definitely got a, got a real sense of humour, yeah. I think. Now, that's, that's, and you, would, you, would you call yourself laconic? I know I've mentioned this before. Dry laconic? Uh, I wouldn't. It's the Queensland thing, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's just uh, in the Queensland water. 
the Queensland water. <laughs> what is in the Queensland water out of interest? My, 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 I, I don't know where, what part of Australia you all were in during the Sequeb strike when Joe Bielke took on the power authorities. But remember, he used to turn the power stations off. Like, Did he? Yeah, so this was in the <laughs> mid-'80s, yeah. and I was up in Noosa, of all places, holidaying, yeah. and the power would be on for an hour, and then they'd turn it off for an hour and a half really? to try and break the union. And me and my colleagues were going... How do you put up with this? Yeah. I mean, we were watching the uh, that telly movie with Jason Robards the day after when they launched the nukes, <laughs> and and at the one hour mark, the nukes are just launching, and then the power goes Go off. Up, right? Like you go, oh my god, what happened? You know, <laughs> and you talk to local Queenslanders. Go, this is this is terrible. How do you? And they go, that's eh, fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll get through it. Back, that, back in it, the eighties, Queensland was a different state, wasn't it? Yes, police yes, state. But I, yeah, I. I I wasn't... Um, you'd, left, you'd run away. I wasn't living there no, at no, the time. Bolted. Mm. I remember Ignatius Jones telling me every time they went there, the police were alerted and they'd be hauled over the coals, you know? <laughs> Do you mean the boys? Yeah. Yeah, quite right, too. <laughs> I mean, yes, the bands had a, had a lot of problem up there, but that was that was a little bit earlier. In, in the 70s. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, that Iggy's band... Yeah, they, yeah. They, would. they would have been That's number right. one on the list. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have much intersection that there are people in the political realm that like to attach themselves to to you and, and the chisel in terms of, you know, uh, anthems and things like that, or do they stay well away? Oh, no, there's, there's um, yeah, you get, you get politicians backstage and, you know, I wouldn't say attach themselves. No, but, uh, but if you had people trying to use your song, like in America, where, where the far the right particularly get, uh, I want that song to back me up, and then they ask Bruce Springsteen, whoever says no, you can't do it. Mark Latham, for example. <laughs> Mark Latham? Has he, actually, has he used... No, I don't know, but has he? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry to put you in a state of stress there. <laughs> so, fire up here, and uh, what about this weekend, Chris? Uh, well, it, who have we got this weekend? We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I believe you've got the Cowboys. And you take on Melbourne down at Amy Park. Um, everyone sort of... That's a graveyard, that one. Everyone keeps saying, is it over for the Storms? And they have faltered over the last couple of weeks. How do you feel about heading down south, Don? Well, uh, all I know is it'll be a, a great match. I, um, um, you know, it's, 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 very, it's hard to see where Melbourne are heading until until well really I, I guess until Pappenhausen returns yeah um, or Bellamy recommits because aren't, aren't they waiting for him to commit to another year or not mm. uh, would that have an effect on the field maybe no. it would yeah I don't know don't know but, the, um, the Pappenhausen point is a good one because this this US guy Billy Knowles that you know that they sent Latrell's hamstring to, and we broke the story. They actually did they take it off and send it to him. They, they actually took the hamstring yeah, 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 out okay. of Latrell. Wow! And sent it over to Billy Niles, and he rehabbed it, and he came back. And, and what was he watching? Tommy Hanlon read. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he was going through Don's back catalogue yeah, and getting ready for what is, as you're saying, his best season. But Turbo cut a very forlorn figure when Cobbo went down that right hand touchline, and he didn't even really try and chase him. Pappenhausen's talking, I might be back sometime in the mid-2020s. Same doctor. Same doctor. Okay. I see Billy as one for three. I don't know. Right, okay. Ricky Stewart, interesting sight on the weekend. The camera went to his box. Did you see that? Like when, when they went to the box for Brisbane and there was Caroline Kennedy with Gordy, the raging bull. Everyone's going, what are they talking about? You know, What's going to be repaired? What's going to be damaged in, in, in US? Caroline Kennedy and in the, Gordy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, behind the glass. Fantastic. <laughs> we, 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 we. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gordy was very vocal on AUKUS. He had a lot to say about that. <laughs> yes. and, Let it off now. And, and we did speculate whether, because it's been a long time, whether he broached the second, second shooter theory with Caroline. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a, a, a diplomatic coming together for the ages. But yeah. I was watching... Marilyn came up, though, didn't she? <laughs> <Well, laughs> who, who would have thought that Happy Birthday would be such a divisive song? I but, know. But um, uh, we, we, I was sitting like many people watching Magic Round and then uh, I actually, uh, my heart literally skipped a beat because the camera went to the Canberra coaching box and they're in the back. And, and, and sort of like half light. In the murk. In the murk, yeah. It yeah. wasn't brightly lit, but no. in the murk, directly behind Ricky Stewart was Alan Jones. The- and all the kids screamed. <laughs> Across the country. <laughs> oh, it's Alan Jones. <laughs> and and it was interesting, Don, because uh, I do do a little bit on Twitter, and everybody agreed it was like out of a Christmas carol. It was the ghost of Christmas past. It was the ghost <laughs> of rugby league past. Yeah. And Alan had, um, who said he hasn't had much to do with the game lately, and he said his health... Uh, travails. He said to, to Sticky, he says, look, I'm going to be here for Magic Round. Um, I'd like to be involved. And Sticky, who says that Alan basically saved his life, which he wouldn't be the only one, um, said, well, I'll get you some tickets. And he goes, no, 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 no. I want to be part of it. So Alan actually, uh, we've got audio of his journey that day mm-hmm. with the Canberra Raiders. And now uh, Dennis Carnahan, whose song you enjoyed earlier, Don, talks a lot about this, this thing called the tea arousal um, curve or something T-arousal. like that. arousal. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to get the arousal level of the player up to a certain level yeah. and they'll perform at their peak. If it goes too high, then it will atrophy again. So you've got to get mm. the arousal And up. maintain. Yeah, and if you mm. saw Canberra scrape over the, the line yeah. against the Dolphins, their yeah. T-arousal was down. So right. we got a bit of audio of what Alan said to the players before they went onto the field last Friday night. Right. The young boy from Brisbane, how good is it? How good is it? What's his name? Horn. Horn. How, how do we spell it? H-O-R-N Horny 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 Come on, ramp it up <laughs> He's good, isn't he? You know what, I thought, I thought it was, He's a great orator When I saw him, I thought it was Lord Palpatine <laughs> That's what came to mind straight away <laughs> And then, of course, um, everyone wanted to talk to uh, Ricky after the game in the press conference yes. But um, we got all sorts of detail in that press conference, including this Still doing your Pilates? Yeah, I do the Pilates. Yeah, it's part of the rehab. Yeah, yeah. I did, it's really I tried, good, isn't it? I tried it. I would never have gone into a Pilates studio ever in my life, and now I'd swear by it. Well, I'm going to try it, Chris. Yeah, I think we should. And <laughs> and this is all just a premise, Don, is because I'm a bitter and twisted Balmain fan. Alan, having returned to the rugby league cognoscenti like this, uh, our yeah. uh, former show producer Redfern Pat. Uh, was able to extract a, a segment of audio from when Alan did an interview on the Maddie John show, and you'll hear the buzzers for incorrect and the tings, the the, the the rings for correct. And this was Alan saying what he did for my Balmain Tigers in the early nineties. Let's look at your stats at the Wallabies. You coached them for one hundred and two games, and you won eighty six of them. Eighty nine, f- I think. Eighty nine. Mm. And you brought Darren Clark over. 84 and 88, he, he, the 400 final at the Liberty, oh, he finishes fourth. Bitten by drug takers. Clark was beaten by drug takers. <laughs> and it was interesting, I think, that in one year I had two wingers, Clint Robinson on one wing and Tim Brasher on the other, and they were the two highest scoring point scorers in the game mm. in that year. So we scored, I think one of them scored 26 tries, another one 24. So we scored 50 tries on the flanks. Coal miner's sons, my old man was a coal miner too. Look, I think you've got to, I mean, I'm the son of a farmer and I... 
And I just don't agree with this notion that you can't criticise referees. I mean, so we're dwelling on the positives instead of every week saying, oh, well, that referee was crook and that decision shouldn't have been made. Um, then I think you've got to realise that you don't know everything. So I use the... He does talk a good talk, doesn't he? I'd believe all of that if I didn't know any better. I believe he contributed to the Jacinda Ardern One New Zealand Fund because he says referees are not beyond criticism. But it's good to get that out in relation to Alan. So, Don, one final question. If you, your team, the Brisbane Broncos, were in the grand final, who would you least like to play? Who is the greatest threat? In the in the grand final? This year. Well, right at, right at the moment, you'd have to say South. South, yeah. Mm. Mm. They look like an old head running. You know, they know what they're doing. They, they, they feel for each other. Whereas that loss that Brisbane had, they look like they just, just came off the game slightly and was a bit desperate and scrambling to try and catch up again. When they're on form, they're unbeatable. But, uh, yeah. Well, um, better heads than mine have said that, the, that Brisbane haven't developed that... that um, they haven't been tested. No. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how they go. It's only six months since they surrendered last year and... But they're going well at the moment. And I guess I'm going to add one more thing. Chris, uh, your team, when the uh, your West Tigers win, what song was played? Uh, I Have a Tiger. Yes, Survivor. Yes. George, um, when the Saints go marching in, any version will do me. Yours is a song called Let's Go Broncos. You obviously didn't have a hand in writing that one. Obviously. No. Obviously. <laughs> if you're asked, might you have a crack? A Broncos song? No, I'd... I'll Leave that to no, the heads. Yes, that's right. Leave that to the <laughs> okay. experts. So, Don, it's just been... Um, to have the... A man partly responsible for saving not only grand final entertainment, but I think rugby league. It's been a thrill for us to have you here. All the very best with the the record, lightning in a clear blue sky, and the tour for the rugby fans, the rugby league fans out there listening. Where is the connection in that album that they'll hear with rugby league? Where does it seep through? What songs do they listen for? Uh, all, all of them. Yes. All one of the above. <laughs> right across the field yeah. from from one to eight. It's it a rugby league yeah. concept album. It, that's right. It can only enhance your life. Come yeah. on, Chris. What a question. Thanks, Don. Thank you. And thank you so much, Don. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Stephen. And Our pleasure. Stephen, in leaving, uh, because it was such a high for Canberra, and uh, it would be remiss of us not to play um, with the return of Alan Jones, the Canberra Raiders rugby league theme song. Okay. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snotting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!